Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. I am so excited to get to be here tonight. I love Bushland, and I love so many of you, and just being able to be with you at Christmas time is such a blessing to me. Um, I have been called a lot of things tonight, one of which is matriarch. Um, You know, there are things that you just kind of don't ever want to be called. Maybe matriarch is one. Um, Blakeney's prayer was precious. And I love that she said that I have a direct line to the Father. But I want to recognize that we all have a direct line to the Father. And the things that she said, I'm amazed because it goes exactly with what the Lord has placed on my heart to talk about tonight. And it is that every Christmas, I work and try very hard to slow things down. One of the things that has become a practice in my life is in about September, October, I will calendar everything that my family enjoys doing from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and I do it in late September or early October. Because usually there are so many parties and so many things that we get invited to do that you end up not getting to do the cookie baking with your kids or looking at Christmas lights with your cousins or whatever it is that you love to do. So if I calendar it early, Then if someone asks us to go to a party or a dinner, I just say, oh, I have something planned. Well, this year, there is not a lot planned. And it all looks so different. I don't know how many of you have the feeling like I do that is, I cannot wait for the the New Year's Eve party. Because I am going to, you're all invited, it's at my house, we are having the party of a lifetime, because for some reason, it seems like when that clicks over to the new year, we can say, thank you Jesus, this is over, right? And I'm not sure that that's true, but I'm hoping. But I want us to take a little bit of time tonight as moms and wives and the women and the matriarchs of our family to just settle in. I was in the service um, a couple, I think it was last weekend when Tommy read the list um, of what a man's Christmas list to do looks like and what our list looks like. And I know that we all laughed. I also know that as a mom and as the wife, it's very important to us that we create events and we create memories and we set up uh, gatherings and things that we do with our family to make it special for our kids. Um, I can remember when when we were first having our our children, um, I would sit up late at night and think, When my kids come around the corner on Christmas morning, what are they going to see? And what do I want them to smell? And when they go off to college, which is the phase we're in now, 
What are the things when they come home, what does home look like and smell like? And I mean, I would think about these things. Well, I decided that I wanted it to smell like cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. And I didn't want to just buy some cinnamon rolls. I wanted to learn how to make homemade cinnamon rolls. And so, I mean, I come up with this is going to be my Christmas morning breakfast every year. It's going to be a tradition. And tradition in our family is a huge thing. We have 8 million traditions. But if we do it more than once, Maddie will say, that's a tradition. We have to do that now every time. Uh, So, I mean, this first few years of this, I am working my tail off for these cinnamon rolls and this perfect Christmas morning. Well, about the third year of it, I'm in the kitchen trying to finish these dang cinnamon rolls, which, by the way, none of them even like. And I'm in there, and I can hear my family in the living room, and they are laughing and having the best Christmas morning that I created to a degree, and I'm missing Because I wanted it to be so perfect that I missed the experience altogether. And so this year, if ever there was a year that we could go back to simple, that we could take a moment to consider and we could just linger in the presence of the infant king, And maybe if we would take a moment to look around us and experience through the eyes of those that we love, how do they experience an interaction with Jesus? So the word that the Lord put on my heart for tonight for you is consider. This Christmas season, when you have the opportunity to run at a slower pace, when everything in the world is different, I want to encourage you to take time to consider. And I'm going to approach this a little differently than most of the times that I am blessed to be able to give a talk. And I'm going to read some things. Because for the past couple of weeks, I have taken time to ponder and consider And then I wrote out some things that the Lord put on my heart. So I want to read some of these things as we go through the night tonight too. I'm going to start by reading Luke 2, and I'm going to read several verses. I'm going to read it like a story, so I want you to hear it like that. And I want you to just settle in and maybe close your eyes and hear this story in a brand new way. And I want you to imagine the people being real people. They're not just in these 21 verses in Luke 2, but they lived real lives, and this was a real experience. And then we're going to think about some of the things that they may have been thinking and experiencing. So this is Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And in some translation, that multitude of the heavenly hosts says, angel armies. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So I want us to just think about the different actors just in this story. And when I think about the shepherds, when I imagine them as they bowed before the king of kings, nestled in his, pre in his precious mother's arms, the thoughts of what they might have done or thought flood my mind. Would they have been able to even stand on their feet? Some of them would have offered praise in word, and some only with the tears that streamed down their face, speechless. Some would have wanted to linger there with the new family, and some would have been anxious to get home and share with their own all of the divine events of the evening. It's easy to imagine what it might have felt like to be a part of that first reception of the king. And then there's Joseph. And I don't know if you've ever thought about Joseph in this way, but um, Joseph was the first picture of a step-parent. And I have a stepson. My oldest son, Tanner, was five when we got married. And I remember being so intimidated by that because I had no children, and here's this very rambunctious, full-of-life, fun five-year-old little boy, and I did not know what I was doing, and he knew I did not know what I was doing. And when I prayed about that in those early days, the Lord told me, you love Tanner like he's yours, and you let Tanner love you any way that he chooses. And I think about Joseph, because Joseph loved Jesus like he was his, 
And Jesus loved Joseph like he was the Savior of the world. I want to read you just a little piece out of this book. This is my very favorite book, and if you don't have it, you need to get it. It's by Max Lucado, and it's called In the Manger. And we read one of these every day from December 1st until Christmas, and these are just amazing little little stories. But this one is about Joseph. On the night when Jesus was born, I wonder if Joseph ever prayed, Father, this all seems so bizarre. The angel you sent, any chance you could send another? And if not an angel, maybe a person, some company would be nice. Even a shepherd would do. Perhaps he did, perhaps he didn't, but you probably have. You stood where Joseph stood, caught between what God says and what makes sense. You've done what he told you to do, only to wonder if it was him speaking in the first place. You've stared into a sky blackened with doubt, and you've asked what Joseph asked. You've asked if you're still on the right road. You've asked if you were supposed to turn left when you turned right. And you've asked if there's a plan behind this scheme. Things haven't turned out as you thought they would. Each of us knows what it's like to search the night for a light, not outside a stable, but perhaps outside an emergency room or on the manicured grass of a cemetery. We've asked our questions, we've questioned God's plan, and we've wondered why God does what He does. The Bethlehem sky is not the first to hear the pleading of a confused pilgrim. If you're asking what Joseph asked, let me urge you to do what Joseph did. Obey. That's what he did. He obeyed when the angel called and when Mary explained and when God sent. He was obedient when the sky was bright and when it was dark. He didn't let his confusion disrupt his obedience. He didn't know everything, but he did know what he knew. He shut down his business, he packed up his family, and he went to another country. Why? Because that's what God said to do. What about you? Just like Joseph, you can't see the whole picture. Just like Joseph, your task is to see that Jesus is brought into your part of your world. And just like Joseph, you have a choice to obey or disobey. Because Joseph obeyed, God used him to change the world. Can he do the same with you? God still looks for Josephs today, men and women who believe that God is not through with this world, common people who serve an uncommon God. Will you be that kind of person? Will you serve even when you don't understand? No, the Bethlehem sky is not the last to hear the pleadings of an honest heart. And perhaps God didn't answer every question for Joseph, but he answered the most important one. Are you still with me, God? And through the first cries of the God child, the answer came, Yes, Joseph, I'm with you. Through the small face of the stable-born baby, he says, Yes. Yes, your sins are forgiven. Yes, your name is written in heaven. Yes, death has been defeated. And yes, God has entered your world. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, family is a beautiful thing. After all, the Father's heart 
is that we would all be reconciled to him. And that's why he sent his son to be our sacrifice. That's how much our father values family. I can't help but imagine what must have gone through the father's thoughts as he prepared for the day that he placed his beloved into his purpose. And when I think about Mary, God must have thought something like, my son will need a journey mate. Someone who will be gentle enough to teach him how to obey, to be a good friend, and to serve. Someone insightful enough to understand that after all, Jesus is the Word and was there from the beginning. Someone humble enough to teach his son how to plant and tend a garden, knowing full well Jesus could speak it straight into harvest time. Someone wise enough to allow him to question and to grow in wisdom and stature. His journey mate will need to be strong enough to have their heart literally ripped to pieces in a way that no other human being can comprehend and yet allow him to fulfill his purpose. This journey mate will be the first face he sees as he enters the world and the last he will see as she walks him back home. The person that my son needs for this journey is a mom. One of my very favorite scriptures in all of the word is Luke 2.19, and it says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I have two sons, Jake and Tanner, and then Maddie, my daughter, is my youngest, and she's here, but both of my sons wrestled. Anybody here have sons that wrestle? Or daughters that wrestle? Or anybody that wrestles? That is the most difficult thing as a mom that I have had to watch my kids do. I saw them break their noses multiple times. Um, I, we broke a neck. Jake has had both knees operated on. I mean, it is an aggressive, difficult to watch sport. But I decided when they were four years old and started that no matter how bad the match was, no matter how hard it was to watch, every time they wrestled, they would be able to look into the stands and find me. Because what I understood was that our kids are going to face difficulty and they gain an extreme amount of strength and confidence from you. And then when we think about that, as we consider Mary. You know, I am um, not a movie connoisseur, but my favorite movie of all time movies are the Rocky movies. I love them. Anytime it's my choice, I'm watching Rocky. Um, and I, if my kids fail to recognize a quote from one of the movies, then we must watch the movie again. Um, but one of the quotes from one of the movies of the Rocky movies is, there is no tomorrow. And every time the holiday seasons arrive, I think that over and over and over, there is no tomorrow. There really is right now. This Christmas season, this opportunity for us to make lasting, relational, intentional memories with our families.
For one of our Christmas gifts this year, we're looking through a bunch of pictures, and we have laughed our heads off at my big hairdos and Brian losing his hair. We have laughed at um, family pictures, and we've cried over people who are no longer with us. But as I look at pictures and as I think about this Christmas, how are we going to make this Christmas special, I realize that time escapes us. My oldest son now is married and he's a dad. I have a daughter-in-law and four grandbabies. Jake just graduated college and Maddie is in her second year there. And it's overwhelming to me to think about the fact that we have lived every moment of their lives and it seems like only a few short breaths. So I can't help but wonder how Mary must have felt From the moment that the angel announced that she would have a son, she knew that time would escape her. Her precious baby, whom she cared for, taught how to walk, how to talk. She tucked him in at night. Her son, who she threw the ball with, who she had clear the dishes and watched him play with his friends. The young man who she saw turn water to wine, silence the learned, and raise the dead. Her son, her God, her Savior, he was on borrowed time. I wonder how she felt when she heard that he had been arrested. What was she thinking as she watched the man he had become, the son that she loved, raised and worshipped, be questioned and tortured? We know she was there. As difficult as it must have been for her to watch, Could she have been anywhere else? She was there the moment he drew his first breath, and she would be there when he drew his last. Many of those who had followed him and loved him were there, but she was his mom. There was nowhere else on the planet that she would be but there at his feet. When he was weak and hurting, he could find her, and he could see the love and strength in her eyes. And so for me this Christmas, I'm going to learn from Mary. And I will resist the urge to make the gatherings perfect and in so doing miss the gatherings myself altogether. And I will not allow thoughts to revert to relationships that are painful or the people that I miss or the presents that I didn't buy. I will remember that there is no tomorrow. There is only this moment. And I will watch the glow in my family's eyes as they experience and consider the wonder of His majesty. I will watch for those special moments to etch in my memory as they talk and laugh together. And I will remember that we are on borrowed time and they will be able to find me because where else on the planet would I be? So this Christmas season, I invite you to be like the shepherds, to come and see Him for yourself, and to take time to consider. And to be like Joseph, to play the part that He has uniquely created for you, and to simply trust. And like Mary, treasure and ponder in your own heart all that the Christ child means to you. 
linger at the manger, encounter the infant king, and consider how those you love experience him as well. God, we thank you for another Christmas season, and we thank you for the year 2020. And God, we thank you for every lesson that we learned. We praise you for every obstacle that we have overcome. And Lord, we say we will continue to move forward in Jesus' name in every calling that you have on our life. And we will do it, God, because we want to be obedient to you above all else. So Lord, tonight, we take time to consider who you are what you mean in our lives. We really don't need, God, all the fluff, just like Blakeney said. We just need to hear you and experience you. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us and for our families. And it is our privilege, Lord, to live a life that is a sacrifice unto you. We love you, and we celebrate your birth and all that you are. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.